this podcast, I relate real life to the psych and psych to the real life, showing you that things aren't what they seem and how you can address the inner sense to get a better clarity of what the hell is going on. Hey guys, welcome back to Undressing Your Inner Sense. So today we're going to be talking about the insight on psychology as psychology, as a major, and as a career. And this is part two. Please do not watch part two without watching part one. It has been uploaded, so stay tuned. Okay, so on the previous episodes, I focused on talking about like what is psychology and like what it entails. Um, I talked about uh, why it's important why I initially wanted to do psychology and basically that that transition um, from a business major to a psychology major. But before I move on to talking about the part two, I want to go back and just talk about um, how my courses were as a psychology major. I'm still a psychology major now. I have one more semester left, but... Um, so the transition from like high school to college, specifically Brockport, um, it wasn't that difficult to be honest, because in the beginning, um, like specifically during like orientation and like the freshman week, people were very helpful. Like the faculty and staff and professors were super helpful. And I was also in this program called Delta College, which is more hands-on and more like um, intimate settings. So they basically helped us with our four-year plan. We planned what classes we're taking, we need to be taking each year to in order to graduate in a timely manner. Um, calculated the credits, what we needed. Um, got advice for experiential learning, which this would be my experiential learning. Um, doing podcasts about psychology, which... I love, I'm definitely planning on continuing this after um, the summer, but it won't be as like frequent. Maybe it's going to be like every two weeks or whenever I can because I'm going to be starting school again. So yeah, so back to it. The transition wasn't that difficult. In the beginning, we had help and that help, that first initial help definitely carries over for the rest of your three years or um, four years, depending on how long you plan on um, staying and how fast and how many cor- how much course load you want to take on. So my first semester, I decided to take five classes. So and those were um, three credits each. So in all, it was like fifteen credits. It wasn't bad. Um, I had Psych One Hundred One. That's yeah, that's basically it. I had psych 101 and then I had math, like the basic math, which I messed up because I am I was taking remedial math when I shouldn't have been taking it because I excelled on my um regions. If you're in New York State, um you take regions. I excelled on my regions. So, I basically took a class that I had no need for. But that was okay. I brushed up on the basics. And then my second semester, my first year, I took um, stats and, um, yeah, I took stats and I think child psych, which was amazing. Then my second year, I took uh, abnormal psych and research methods. Loved it. I love both of those classes. I love both of the professors. And then the spring semester, I decided to take 
social psych, uh, industrial psych, and learning online, which wasn't bad. I touched upon learning and how that was um, a little difficult at times because you're basically watching almost hour long videos and there's like six hour long videos that you have to watch and it makes up for um, like the in-person class meetings that you um, would usually do. So the course load in total wasn't horrible because I had great professors and I have a good head on my body. I'm telling you, if I was a slacker, if I didn't know how to time manage, if I just partied every weekend and you know, just got lit every weekend with no, not thinking about the consequences and just not planning for that litness. Like you got to plan when you're going to get lit. You can't just get, get lit every weekend, you know? So yeah, that's my intake on the course load and the transition. I felt like, um, they only helped us in the beginning, which was fine for me. It worked. You didn't have to help me out throughout my career. But as soon as it hit second semester of freshman year, we were by ourselves. We were like completely alone. And it's kind of annoying because if I had questions, it's like I rather ask one person, like my advisor, my question about my advisor, no shade, no whatever. But that was not I don't I didn't have an advisor. You can say you can say I had an advisor on paper, but I did not have an advisor because I feel like advisors are supposed to advise you on what classes to take, on what to do this, what to do that. It wouldn't have been bad having an advisor, but like I said, I had my head on my body and I did what I need what needed to be done because even if I had an active advisor, I'd still I still wouldn't like rely on that person for things that I can definitely do myself because I just have this fear, like this anxiousness that people are going to try to play me. You know what I'm saying? Like, one, I'm black. Two, I'm a woman. Uh, three, I'm young. I'm like, I'm not the youngest in college, but I went to college at 16 years old. So I refuse to let people play me and people play with my financials and people play with my credit loads. That's why I like to take charge in everything that I'm doing and pursuing because I feel better that way. If I if there's a mistake, I feel better knowing that I made the mistake because I wasn't attentive or it was just out of my control rather than if I gave someone else to do something. Let's say I gave my advisor to do something. She needed to do something in a timely manner and she missed that deadline. Like I'm going to be pissed off and I'm going to it's not good to assume or create alternate theories, but I'm no. I don't like people playing with my academics like that specifically because when you play with my academics, that's my grade. And then that's financials that I don't even have. Like I'm taking out loans right now. I'm getting free money from the government. I don't have it. So, so yeah, there's my take on um, the transition. I had a lot of help from Google. <laughs> like Google helped me so much to like figure certain things out. So I recommend just researching yourself. If you need to get stuff done, research yourself on how to do it and then get it done prompt. And if you have to ask like an official questions, you ask that official the question, but double check because you never know. It may be human error purposely or not purposely, you know, not intentionally. So just double check what um, what is what you're being told, because like I said, I am going to. 
a majority white institute and I'm sure some of my professors are just are them you know have their personal life Trump supporter life um country life type shit and I don't have time to pick and choose or try to analyze which teacher is there for me and genuine and just like not giving a crap about my race than um then picking and pointing, like then analyzing every teacher and saying, okay, this person might be racist. Okay, maybe I gotta stay clear. You know, I don't have time for that. So I rather just do things myself because when I do things myself, I feel like I have a 95% chance of succeeding in whatever I do. So I just hope you guys have the same, um, gather the same mindset when it comes to certain things because. I'm not going to say people are going to play you. Like, I don't want you to have that mindset that people are out to get you. But one thing, you never know. We're in a professional evil world right now. You know, we're in a corporate motherfucking world. This is competition. In a way, it's sad, super sad. But be in charge of your future. Be in charge of, of yourself and every, anything that you're tied to. Be in charge of your car. Be in charge of your phone. Be in charge of your financials. Be in charge of your schoolwork. That's all I gotta say. Okay, let's continue. So after that spiel, I definitely want to inform you guys of some careers in psychology. If you do decide you want to major in psychology or um, related fields, sociology, criminology, etc. So let's begin. Okay, so the first highest um, psycho paying psychology career would be a psychiatrist. So the average salary would be $216,090 per year. And that's the average. So that's not the high or the low. So imagine what the high could be. I think that's amazing. So in class, like I had such so so much trouble trying to dif like differentiate between a psychologist and a psychiatrist, 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 oh my god, a psychiatrist, and so basically my teacher said, psychologist deals with um, clinical work when it comes to like therapy and talking it out and all that stuff, and then a psychiatrist would be the one who administers um, medicine you know, administers a medication to those patients and monitors them over time. So let's talk about the educational requirements. So this is considered a medical career. So basically, you're definitely going to have to go to med school. So after earning a bachelor's degree, um, if you want to be a psychiatrist, you must graduate from medical school and then complete a four-year residency. So re residency, as I understand it to be from Grey's Anatomy, is basically after you're finished with um, medical school, the, your residency paid is going to, is basically like a paid internship doing what you do and um, like you have to excel, you have to graduate from residency from like like in Grey's Anatomy like you excel like to the next level so so approximately it's like eight years after you complete your bachelor's of like study more studying that you would have to do which is kind of crazy it's like damn like 12 years but I'm telling you if you really want it you will go for it and you'll go for it hard if you want it in a shorter time you will go for it hard and you'll get it 
you'll get it. Number two is dun 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 the industrial organizational psychologist. Bro, literally, I did not even know this before. Before I even um, thought of doing this podcast on like psychology as a major, as a career, etc. And when I researched this, um, like the top paying to include in my in the podcast, I'm like, bro, industrial organizational psychologist. How do I want to be an industrial organizational psychologist? But I literally did not even know that this is like the second most highest paying um, like psychology career. So let's continue. The average salary is one hundred and two thousand five hundred and thirty. Pretty cool. So in most cases, a master's degree in psychology is the minimum training required. That's what I'm doing. And it says, although having a doctorate degree may be to your advantage. So basically, you have strong opportunities. I'm going to say equal opportunities if you have a master's or if you have your PhD in IO Psych. So it's like a, a, a fair plane, you know. But when you have your doctorate degree... It shows, um, it shows people that, damn, you're dedicated to this shit. You've done research on this shit and you can do this shit and you deserve that high paying salary. So that salary of $102,000, that that's the average. So imagine what the high and imagine what the low, that wouldn't be low considered to me. Like, even if it was like, Six seventy seventy thousand. 70,000, that is not low to me. You know what I'm saying? So an IO psychologist basically helps to fix workplace issues and increase um, workplace productivity while focusing and helping the physical and mental well-being of the employees, which I think is something amazing. Like, why not? You know, I feel like I've worked a couple of jobs and... Seeing the climate in most of the jobs that I've worked, I did not like it. I did not like the way some of my managers treated me and or other people. I did not like the favoritism. I did not like how everything was loose, how everything was tight. Do you get what I'm saying? I feel like there's a place and there's a place for everything. And being in those jobs, I realized that I'm not a fucking worker. Like, I am not meant to be living that worker, that type of worker lifestyle. I'm meant to be helping and fixing that worker lifestyle. And taking my IO class, I've just completely loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And that's what I definitely want to do. And cool fact also, so the typical starting salary for a master's degree graduate is around 40000 while the doctorate graduate is 55,000. So that's like a 15,000 difference, which isn't isn't a large gap if you really look at it. Cuz it, like it says it's a starting. So the third highest paying psychology job would be a neuropsychologist. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So the average salary is 90,000 460 per year. The education requirements definitely require you to have a doctorate degree in neuropsychology or a clinical neuropsychology degree is definitely needed for that work field. So a neuropsychologist, neuro, you know, the mind, neurons, they specialize in the study of the brain and cognitive science. So people who 
work in that field, would perform cognitive tests, um, run brain scans, assess people suffering from brain injuries. Um, they study different drugs and how they may impact the nervous system, not only talking about like coke, meth, and all that type of shit, like drugs. Like that Tylenol you're taking, that's a drug. So, yes. So the fourth um, highest paying psychology, like highest paying job in the psychology field would be a clinical psychologist. The average salary is $81,330 per year. So um, the requirement, the education requirements, they differ um, per state. So um, clinical psychologists must have a doctorate degree in psychology for in some states, but in other states, you just need like um, supervised residency or like um, a certificate or like a license to practice clinical psychology. So clinical psychologists are trained in assessment to uh, like diagnose people, treat people and prevent mental illnesses. And, um, they work in like variety of settings such as like hospitals, mental health clinic, and definitely private practice. And with the private practice, I usually just think about like, um, like therapy, like going to therapy. So yeah, the fifth highest paying job would be an engineering psychologist. So engineering psychologists work to improve the designs of systems, operations, and equipment in order to increase efficiency, improve productivity, and minimize injury. Hella important. So the average salary is 79818 Do you see how these average salaries are like high as fuck? <laughs> Do you see how they're high? Like Im- that's the average. So imagine the highest and imagine the lowest. That's amazing. Next, we have a counseling psychologist. So the average salary for this would be 72,000, let me see if I remember it. I have it down in my notes, but 72,540, 540 per year. So you definitely need a PhD or side degree or education degree in order to become a counseling psychologist. So they perform many tasks just like a clinical psychologist because like when I remember when I said a clinical I said therapy. So they also offer like psychotherapy and mental mental health treatments as well. Next we have forensic psychologist. So the average salary is 59,440. Not that bad, but I like the I like the ones we said before where it was like high, it was high. <laughs> so you definitely need a doctorate degree in clinical counseling or forensics. But there are some jobs available when you have a master's degree, which is kind of um, which is kind of cool. I think this job and the IO psych, you can work with having a master's degree. You don't have to spend and just do the most for um, like a doctorate degree when you can make basically the same amount with your master's. So forensic psychologists, they deal with psychological issues related to the law. So they might perform, um, they might perform like profiles, like they might develop, (laughs) develop psychological profiles of criminals. Uh, they might deal with child custody issues. Eh. 
and they might investigate child abuse, provide expert testimony on someone's mental well-being, prepare witness to testify in court, and offer training to law enforcement, which in this case, in this in this world, we need that. We need more psychologists to train these law enforcement on how to deal with human beings because we are all human beings, despite color, despite gender, despite everything. We are human beings first, and we all need to be treated equally. But that's not happening. But that's another story, guys. Okay, so next we have a school psychologist. I honestly was considering becoming a school psychologist, but we'll see. Okay, so the average salary is $58,360, which is not bad. That's pretty high for like a school official because I I haven't done research, but I often do hear that teachers get paid nothing. So most states require the completion of a 60-credit school psychology specialist program, which leads to a master's or like an education degree. Um... So basically, school psychologists work within the educational system to diagnose and treat behavior and learning problems in children, which I think is pretty dope. Um, They often work in collaboration with other professionals, including teachers and doctors and parents, in order to help the kids overcome like emotional, social, behavioral, and academical problems. Last but not least, the like the least paying, not the least paying, but like the ninth highest paying um psychology career is sports psychology isn't that awesome okay so the average salary is 55,000 per year and most jobs require a master's or doctorate degree in sports psychology or in related areas such as clinical or counseling so Sports psychologists are interested in like the psychological components of sports and athletes. So they focus on topics such as motivation and like athletic performance to help um, athletes perform better or to help them overcome and recover from like sports injuries, which I think is just a pretty cool thing. Like sports psychology is basically like clinical or counseling psychology, but within the sports field. Everything here that I have mentioned is basically the same, but it's just applied in different areas. So sports psychology, sports, school psychology, school, industrial psychology, business, workplace. Um, what else? Forensic psychology. You're working with the law. Like psychology is everywhere. And I hate that people frown on psychology. Like, come on. So yesterday I took an Uber to... Um, to my eye doctor because I was running late and I didn't want to like run more late by taking public transportation. And I was just having like my Uber driver just started chatting. Like when I get in my Uber, like literally don't talk to me, but he was chatting. I was just trying to be nice because I didn't want him to kidnap me or anything. So I was just trying to be nice. He asked what I'm studying in school. I said psychology. And you know what this crazy man did? He threatened to kill me because I am a psychology major. If you were my daughter, I would kill you. I had to, like, look at this, like, man, like, are you kidding me? Like, who are you? Like, who are you? It was just so weird. We had, like, a weird conversation. And I was just like, bro, let me reach. Let me let me reach my destination quickly because he is giving me a headache. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of annoying that 
with multiple people, even my mom, they just frown on, um, they frown on psychology. Like (laughs) you frown it, but you need it. (laughs) You're frowning, but you need it. So like, I, I didn't understand, like, I really didn't understand. So yeah, that's my story. Kind of, it used to make me sad and doubt myself, but at the end of it all, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm a major in what I want to major in. I'm paying for it by myself and, like, with the help of the government and financial aid. But some do, does come up in my pocket. I'm going to be fine whether I have help or not or whether people believe in me or not. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to be great and I'm going to be good. So, yeah. Okay, so now since we talked about the highest paying um careers in psychology let's talk about the lowest this is very interesting so the first lowest um career in psychology is a probation officer i was shocked when i saw this i'm like probation officer in psychology like does that make sense like but like we see the titles and if it doesn't have ologists in it we just automatically assume okay not psychology not like like no we shouldn't have that notion. We should look into every job and look into the job description and what they require and what they, they re- like what they do in order to see if something psychology related. So the median salary for a probation officer is a fifty three thousand and twenty cents. I don't think this is a bad um, it's a bad price range. So typically. To become a probation officer, it requires a bachelor's degree in criminology, psychology, social work, or just related um, areas. So probation officers, they perform like a range of duties and they supervise individuals who have been convicted of crime. They help make recommendations to the court. They coordinate with other professionals. They track the client's behaviors at work and other settings. So it's basically like a babysitter for criminals who are trying to get their, um, trying to get themselves together. I guess babysitter is like a bad word, but it's like a monitor in a way. Um, so the next lowest paying psychology career would be a substance abuse counselor. So, oh my gosh, my stats, my psych stats teacher, Dr. Abar, she literally could not stop talking about like, um, substance abuse I think within college students because I think when she did her doctors I'm saying I think because I'm just not really clear she was it wasn't really specified but when she did her doctor's degree she I think she wrote and studied about um college college students and drinking she always made references to it which is so funny she was like I hope you guys are are like not drinking over the weekend (laughs) it was so funny so the median annual salary it would be 44,630 so the minimum requirement is a bachelor's degree in psychology or related fields although some states require masters and you may also require certification in chemical dependency or a related area so substance abuse counselors often work one-on-one with clients who have an alcohol or drug addiction and they can provide um, family or group counseling and they also run um they run with like hospitals private clinics and other agencies like licensed psychologists social workers physicians family members in order to help their client which i think is pretty cool 
I think it's a pretty cool job that you get to help someone overcome something that they didn't need to begin with, you know? Because I feel like, um, speaking opinion, opinionated and stuff, but I feel like we are so, 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 like, it's hard. It's hard to manage our emotions, especially when you feel like life and just everything in general has just been knocking you down when you take something and it makes you feel good or it doesn't even necessarily make you feel good but it makes that pain that hurt that feeling go away you're just like it feels good to you it feels it feels good to you so what are you going to what are you going to do would you rather feel bad or would you rather feel nothing and or good you know okay lastly we have a child care worker so the median salary which is kind of sad and pathetic is 23,240 to take care of them little kids uh-uh do y'all know how much work kids are like I don't even have kids or like younger siblings so but like I can't imagine I cannot imagine it so the training requirements um it kind of varies depending on what position you want to have within the child care worker because it can consist of many things some some positions you need just it just requires a high school diploma some you need like a certification in early childhood um it definitely depends on what and where you want to work so child care workers um they attend to children in daycare and preschool settings the duties that they may have would be supervising children preparing meals Directing activities, changing diapers, ew, and establishing consistent daily schedules. So those were the, like, some of the lowest paying psychology jobs, which weren't bad. But like I said, it depends on what company you work for, what your job entails, and etc. So, yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to answer the 10 career questions for psychology majors. One, why did you initially select psychology and what courses or knowledge intrigued you? So I answered this in part one, but I initially selected psychology because I wanted to help people. That I feel like that was and probably still, still unclear. I'm still trying to figure things out, but that's my goal in life to help someone become better, help adults realize that just because you're getting older doesn't mean it stops there to fix problems in the Caribbean community, um, the generational curses and hurt and abuse that just goes down the line. What courses or knowledge intrigued you? What intrigued me the most, I'd have to say, would be IOSYC. I'm never going to stop talking about that. And abnormal psych. Because, you know, when you hear depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, um what else like alcohol abuse weed abuse you just think general common things you know you don't dig deeper into it you don't research it you just oh depression is sad anxiety is scared um schizophrenia is you're crazy no there's more to it and i feel like taking that course just made me look at people with um abnormal abnormal issues like abnormal mental issues as humans like you're human just like me 
And maybe you were born with it. Maybe you were predisposed to it. Maybe you've developed it later in, down the line, which is most of the case. Most of the mental illnesses develop when like people are in their prime time. Like you're 18, you're 20, 22, you got a nice job. You're just settling in. And that's when something hits you and something triggers you. I think that definitely helps me realize that people are just, we're just humans. We may be faulty. We may not be perfect, but we're humans. And if I can help someone with a mental illness, with a mental disorder, feel at ease about themselves and not feel embarrassed or like angry at themselves or the world, then I'm here for that, you know? Um... What knowledge intrigued me was that in abnormal psych, we learned that um, triggers, triggers are real. Triggers are real, especially if you didn't have a good childhood abuse, sexual abuse, etc. Later down the line, if you don't get help or even if you do get help sometimes, it comes back and it haunts you in a way and it comes back and it presents itself in a mental illness that let's say something happened when you were five years old when you're 20 years old when something triggers that emotion and triggers triggers you like you might may i'm not even gonna say definitely will but you might develop like a mental illness or mental disorder because of that okay next two once you got into the major, how did your opinion of psychology evolve? And did you find your interest shifting? Um, when I got into my major, my opinion of psychology initially was, um, you're just helping people. <laughs> you know, all I thought of was counseling. That's literally all I thought of. But um, it evolved because I, throughout the courses that I'm required to take, I, it showed me that there's more to psychology than counseling. There's more than just sitting down like a comfy chair and just talking to someone. It's more than that. And um, psychology is a part of our daily life. We're living, we are psychology. Our minds, our behavior, the way we talk to people, the way people talk to us, everything is psychological. And I don't feel like people realize that. Because we're, we're not that introspective, which is it's a good and bad thing. You don't want to just be deep thinking about, oh my gosh, she talked to me like that. That means she must have a bad child, you know? Like, it's not really great to do all that. But, like, just being aware that things aren't what they seem and there's more to the story just makes, um, you know, just makes things, like, like better in a way makes your um makes you stop assuming makes you makes the judgment stop just makes you realize okay things aren't black and white even if they seem black and white three what key aspects of psychology most in tree interest you um definitely the counseling aspect and helping people the business aspect and the abnormal aspect like the top three things that I always talk about that definitely interests me. Um, four, what are the top five skills I have acquired through my, like being a psychology major? Okay, I have acquired um, communication, listening, just listening, not listening to respond, but listening to understand. 
research throughout research methods I like I know how to research properly and look for factual information and not like fake information uh logical reasoning just like I said things aren't black and white even if they seem black and white so logical reasoning and lastly open-mindedness just being open-minded to different theories different possibilities different like explanations for a certain behavior Hmm. um what interesting courses have i taken outside of psychology so in my delta program i have taken um i honestly forgot the name of the course because i never like really focused on the name but i focused on the topic that we talked about so we talked about food and society and we talked about drinks in society as well we talked about beer wine coffee coca-cola water and just like the origins of that i think that was like one of the most interesting and also my human heritage yes Human, my first human heritage class, which I took with um, Matt Kutula, it was super interesting. Um, we read the Tanakh. It was it was like a little hard to understand because I wasn't really familiar with the type of reading, and my high school wasn't that advanced, so we didn't really like read material like that. But like being in that class was very like mind opening. And I, I learned a lot of things from that class as well. Okay. Um, where have you excelled in your major? I think I've excelled in my major by um, my writing. I definitely think my writing has definitely improved when it comes to writing research papers. For research methods, we had to write like a eight page research paper but mine turned out to be like 18 pages because we had the appendix which is basically like the sources and the index and stuff and I let me tell you the first day of class no joke I cried I was like I literally cried I was like oh my freaking gosh like I'm not everybody's getting the first assignment but I don't know I can't understand this I don't know what the fuck she's asking me to do I cried and then the teacher, I, I cried and I went out, went outside. I hope people didn't see me, but like the teacher saw me and she went out and she just talked to me. She told me it's going to be okay. She told me just ask questions and she was there. She helped. Bro, when I tell you I cried, I'm not even going to hold you. I cried. Okay. Um, How far do you want to go academically? I definitely want to go far. Um as to my master's and maybe doctorates but I think I'm beyond the point of um stressing myself out for a piece of paper in a way yes it helps me with credentials but why can't I just learn that thing while I'm in the field so I don't think I'm going to be stressing myself out unnecessarily if I don't need it if I don't need to I at this point I just want to focus on happiness and focusing on getting a job in the IO psych field and all of that. What parts of your major have you not enjoyed? Um, I think I one part I haven't enjoyed is like the lack of 
intimacy when it comes to talking to professors and just building a connection and networking. I don't feel like my professors, any of my professors that I've been with, except one, like, was is open in a way for that. Plus, we had, like, majority, like, lecture classes. So it's, like, out of 100, probably, like, 100 students, like, am I going to be... Like, Am, am I going to be the one to stand out? Am I going to be... Like, it's hard to stand out, you know? Um, if you could design and teach your own psychology course, like, what would I teach? I think I'd teach how to be a decent fucking human being. I think the world needs that today. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think we can do that because that can stretch... When it comes to school, when it comes to children being taught how to be decent, when it comes to business, how to be decent to your coworkers, to your employees, to your manager, etc. Lastly, how do you plan to convey the value of your psychology major to future employers, particularly if you're not pursuing a career directly related to psychology? I would just list all the transferable skills that I've learned while being being a psychology major and mastering in um, industrial organizational psych because there's a lot of skills that I have learned and a lot of skills that every job needs I may not have like top hard skills other than like research methods and um working the software SPSS but I can do anything I put my mind to if you're a psychology major you are strong and you can do anything that you put your mind to. You are not lazy. You are time you time manage. You're able to do the the unstoppable. You're able you're able to do anything basically. So yes. Yeah, so that is my part 2 to basically the insight on psychology as psychology and as a major and as a career. I hope you guys enjoy this episode um definitely like comment below or send me a private dm if you want to learn more about any of the courses that i have taken that i mentioned in episode one so part one or if you want to learn more about io psych from my perspective as i've taken it as a student and i have done like thorough research on it so just let me go so thank you guys so much for undressing your inner sense with me and I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Bye.